Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father and our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who abides in us and makes a place for us to abide in him. Amen. Apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus says. He can't be serious, right? I mean, people are famous for over-exaggeration and speaking too far, being quick with a sharp tongue and saying things that they can't back up and then having to back them up later, right? To pull back a little ways to say, oh, I didn't quite mean exactly what I said. After all, what could Jesus possibly mean by you can do nothing without me in a world that believes everything is do-it-yourself, make your own way in the world, find your own path? It's convenient for us to think this way, to think uh, maybe he's throwing out some sort of a challenge to us, saying you can't do anything, hoping we'll say, well, we'll show you, we'll prove you wrong as some sort of divine reverse psychology that trying to get us to actually get out of our pews and do something good in the world. It's an old trick, which I'm sure many of you have practiced, some of you might have mastered, for I've seen your children, and you are really good at motivating them by telling them they can't do anything. But I think in this case, Jesus is actually serious about it. For he says... I am the vine, we are the branches. In this way, he has chosen us. He's sought us out, he's found us, he's come to us in order that we would grow in him, not away from him. For it's his connection to us that makes all things possible. And apart from him, we find that we actually don't have life on our own. We don't create ourselves, we don't sustain ourselves, but it is the grace and mercy and gifts of God that come showering down upon the earth that make for life. And so apart from him, I think what he means is we have nothing that lasts, and all that we have in ourselves is finally an end and death. And I think that's really what troubles us when we hear this word, why we look for ways to say he couldn't mean what he said. Because it puts us in an uncomfortable position. It puts us in a place where we work really hard not to be. It puts us in a dependent relationship where we rely on him for everything. And of course, the deep irony of that... <laughs> is that even as we seek to live on our own power and live by our own rules and live in our own way and make our own direction in the world, that our deepest, darkest, saddest worry, that which troubles us the most, is being cut off from others, left alone, isolated, as we wither and die, thinking nobody cares and that there's nobody we can turn to for help. And so that's what we hear. We hear Jesus' words through our fears and our worries, filtered and sieved so that everything comes to us as though we are not cared for. We hear that we're supposed to bear fruit, and we think, oh my goodness, it better be good. It better be big. It better be important. 
I've got to get to work making it visible and valuable in some sort of fashion. If not, if it's not good enough in some way, maybe I'll be cut off and left alone and wither on my own. And so in response, when we find that we're frustrated or withering, we start pumping all of our energy into our branches saying, I got to make it good. I got to get this life back together. And by our own power and strength, we imagine how we're going to fill our lives again. We push and push to make us bear this fruit so that we would be ready when the fruit inspection comes along. We see the beautiful apples and oranges and grapes at Hy-Vee and we think those are pretty good, but if I just did it a little more, I could, I could have even better fruit. I could have it better by my own work. But of course, the more we push, the more we try to make life on our own, the more we separate ourselves from the vine. The more God says, you're growing, but you're growing towards death, not towards life. And this can be happening either for you individually or from a group, perhaps a congregation or a denomination that says, we're going to really make it happen on our own. It could be a political party or an interest group or some cause that people gather around to say, we've got to make it happen, and if we don't, it's going to die. We end up doing everything out of desperation, through worry and fear, and with heavy hearts, feeling the weight of every bit that it's all on our shoulders. And we come to fear the fruit being inspected and being told that maybe it's not good enough. And so maybe we lie about it, we put a paint job on it, or we make it big, but it doesn't actually fill up those who receive it. We're worried that judgment is always out there ready to fall upon us because we haven't been good enough. And through it all, what do we find but that our life is withering away? We get older. We get tired. We get frustrated. Nobody likes to be either pruned, cut, or have their fruit ripped off their branches. When we're worried about the future, worried about life, we tend to encircle ourselves and hoard what we've got, thinking that the fruit will be our salvation, the fruit will be our life. But it was never our fruit to begin with. It's the fruit of Christ being born in us as we are connected to the vine. The branches cannot bear fruit on their own. So what if Jesus is serious about what he says, that we can do nothing apart from him, that we are the branches connected to the vine. Well, then on the other hand, it's not the fruit that we have to make happen, but it's the work of Christ that has already been done for us, that is now growing through us by his word of promise. The fruit is not yours, but it's born out of his mercy and love and forgiveness given to you. 
a gift of love for the world to receive. Well, if the fruit's not your work, but his, well, then maybe you can hear his words not in fear and worry, but in confidence and grace that his life has been given for you. And when he says, apart from me, you can do nothing, you say, well, of course not. But you've made it so that I'll never be apart from you. So that in everything we do, we are connected to Christ, and anything that we do outside of him, we know will be pruned away, cut off, growing not in wild, unimaginable directions towards death, but growing in the vine towards that eternal life which he has already given. Apart from me, you can do nothing, but fear not, for I abide in you, and you abide in me. And thus we bear fruit, not of our own making, not fearing what inspectors might say about it, but trusting that whatever fruit is born in you is exactly the right kind of fruit that Christ has given for the world. Christ the vine is growing this fruit in you because that's what he's promised to do. Not for you, but for those around you. You are the branches bearing the fruit out into the world so all that peace and patience and kindness and generosity that you might think is your life, he has given for others to come and pick right off the vine, take it away, so that the peace and patience and kindness that he has given to you, you could give to those around you. After all, you might even find that you don't just have to give it to your friends, but maybe a foreigner, like an Ethiopian eunuch, might be there just ready for the taking. You might give it to your friends and family, but you also might have this fruit to give away in love for your enemies and those you just can't stand. And Jesus says, you are so connected to me and I in you that whatever you ask, it will be given to you. For you abide in my word and anything you ask for connected to me will always be goodness, mercy, forgiveness, and peace for others. Oh, I know sinners, and you hear, I can ask for anything and he'll give it to me, and you think that's your loophole, but you have to listen to him. When you abide in me, you can ask for anything, and it will be given to you, because all you will be asking for in Christ is more of Christ for the world. I find it interesting that chapters 14 through 17 in the Gospel of John are called the farewell discourse, as if Jesus is telling his disciples that he's going to leave them. But if you read through these chapters in a red-letter Bible, you'll see that it's almost three chapters of just red letters, Jesus' own words throughout all the chapters. And you know what he's saying again and again in those chapters? Not, I'm out of here, see you guys later. He's saying, I will never leave you. I make a place for you. You're connected to me. Of course, he's going to the cross. That is his farewell. But he's saying, fear not. You are in me and I in you and nothing will change that. Not even trying and killing the vine itself for his eternal resurrected life 
will come for you again. Through all the persecutions and troubles of this world, the vine continues to grow. It reaches out and wraps around you, grafting you into him so that truly you are the branches. Whatever he is pruning you, pruning from you through his word is growing you into eternal life. It's not punishment, but cleansing, shaping, pruning, making sure that the life of Christ comes to you and to the world. You are the branches. He is the vine. And he will make sure that you are connected. You receive the fruit of it. And look, here he comes today, the fruit of the vine coming for you, making you a branch in Christ. Amen.